I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We're going back to the hive for season five of The, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Tonight's guest is is Kelly Atkins. Yes. Um, we are in the middle of trying to do 12 projects at once. Full disclosure, we're editing the Find Your Light concert video. Um, I was recording long shot uh, dialogue earlier. Um, we're working on the podcast now. The, the SAG Awards were tonight. That was really Fun. exciting. Yeah. I loved the Sally Field Lifetime Achievement, and I love Everything Everywhere All at Once getting all the awards. We love that movie. Um, but uh, just so you know, there is a. If you're listening to this on Anchor or somewhere else, here's new information. We have been tasked with building our Spotify audience. I know people feel a certain way about Spotify. I don't know if that's still a thing or what, but Anchor is owned by Spotify. And we have been told that this podcast can no longer be monetized unless you go to Spotify and listen to it and also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. I'm asking humbly. If you're listening in any other medium, please stop. Please go to Spotify. Please subscribe to us, follow us, and listen on Spotify because that's the only way this show can continue uh, being monetized. And I mean, we get a penny a listen. We're not talking about lots of dollars. But we ask you humbly, please listen on Spotify if you can. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Uh, uh, this is Steven. I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, Matt Connor. What is up? Oh, you know I just got home. Um, we are also joined by our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. Hi, Kelly. Oh, hey, Ryan Halbrook. How are you? I'm fantastic. Wonderful. Um, where are you right now? in my bedroom in my house in Gainesville, Florida. You're in Florida? Yeah. Now, are you originally born in Florida? No, I'm a Virginian. I was born in Virginia, stayed in Virginia through college. Um, and growing up, did you know that you always wanted to do this? This to do... life? <laughs> well, um, no, not exactly. Not not when I was young, young. I'd say, well, when I was 15 years old, I got involved with my first professional theater production. Um, and I was actually paid 
to uh, perform in a like a small touring company um, that went out and performed off and on throughout the year. And I'd get to leave school for the day and go in a little van and, uh, you know, make like $50 a show. And uh, it was really awesome. And that was the first time that I realized like, wow, you know, I can get paid to do this. <laughs> Fifty dollars a show, baby. Yeah, <laughs> you know when uh, when you're 15 years old, I was like, "Woo!" Did you take is, classes as a uh, kid? Did I what? I'm sorry. Did you take classes as a kid? As a kid, I took voice lessons with a private teacher starting in the eighth grade. Uh, choral music, uh, vocal music, was a really big thing in my high school. It was a very um, sort of well-known program, I guess, in the state as far as, you know, choral music or vocal arts is concerned. Um, so being in like the top choir group at the school was very, um, a lot of the kids sort of aimed to be in that group. So taking, you know, voice lessons with teachers was a um, not an uncommon thing around where I lived at the time. So I found a good teacher and worked with her, you know, all through high school, but that was just private lessons. I never did any class. I never took dance class. That wasn't even a thing. I mean, I don't even think there was a dance studio in town. <laughs> I didn't know anybody, nobody took dance, but singing was a thing. So there was um, definitely kids who took voice lessons and sang and wanted to be in the the choir and stuff and was it a small um, town it's waynesboro oh waynesboro. Yeah, i don't know if you're familiar with waynesboro yeah did how, yeah, many, how, many voice, how many voice teachers have you had voice teachers well i had a, a voice teacher all through high school one one teacher ann wick was her name um and then i came to shenandoah and i studied with donna gulstrand for four years and i actually sang at her funeral two weeks ago Oh, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. Well, what a beautiful and sad yeah. thing. Where, yeah. where were the services? Uh, in a town called The Villages in Florida. It's about an hour and a half away from me, so not too far to go. Is that where she service. was living? She had retired down there. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and she had come to see... We had sort of reconnected over the past couple of years. She had come to see three or four performances I had done in Florida, like for the past five years or so, because she was here down in Florida. So she would travel around and like come see my shows and stuff. <laughs> what did you sing at the funeral? Yeah. I sang uh, with uh, Gay Willis. I don't know if you know Gay Willis. She's Gay Willis has been on the podcast. Alum. She'd been on the podcast? You yeah. Said? Yeah, so Gay and I sang uh, the Flore Ave Maria. It's a duet for two sopranos. Oh. Um, and yeah, it was a piece I get that Donna had requested for her service. So that that's was fantastic. Special. You had a really close relationship yeah. with Donna. We, I did. I mean, there was definitely a period of time where we sort of fell out of touch uh she came to my wedding uh my my first wedding in 2000 down in florida uh she she came to my wedding um 
And then we sort of reconnected, like I said, about five years ago when she retired down here. So, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, so to get back to your, your question. So I studied with Donna through um, college and then, um, and then when I moved, I had some coaching and stuff when I lived in New York, but not any real teachers that I stayed with like regularly. Um, when I moved to Florida, I fell in with a teacher, Dr. Carol Clifford. Um, and she, I studied regularly with her for God, probably eight years or so. We're wonderful friends now. And she's become a real sort of mentor to me. Um, she's retired professor of music from like Stetson university, which is in Florida. Um, and now I study off and on, like I kind of have, I don't know, a handful of lessons throughout the year with David Jones in New York. That was my, um, that, that was the point I was going to get to is, is it uh, a, a big leap or a different window to study with a male? Uh, no, it's been wonderful. I mean, I think it just, you know, it, it, it's all about, it's all about the, whatever knowledge the teacher has that they can convey yeah. to you and the way they can communicate that knowledge in a way that, you know, makes sense to your brain and your body. Um, so I don't really think male or female or voice type or anything like that matters. I think when you get to a level of being a real master teacher, um, like David is like my husband and my husband is a voice teacher. Um, I studied a bit with him and with his teacher, uh, Robert Grayson from LSU. Um, he comes to visit once a year or so. And like, we have voice lessons from him. Like <laughs> he's awesome. Um, but no, I have actually found, it hasn't been till later in my adult life that I've really worked with like male teachers and honest, I mean, my singing is really like grown exponentially and my voice has changed a lot. Um, probably from when you, <laughs> how you remember me from Shenandoah, but I've always worked on it. I've always, you know, continued studying and I have a studio now I'm teaching a bit as well. Um, so I'm, I'm always learning. I'm always taking in the sort of the technical information and, uh, just, you know, seeking that out from good people, you know, master teachers and such, um, so, and as, yeah. long, as long as you as long as you have a good teacher that has the vocabulary, like you said, to convey an understanding, everything's golden. It's almost like leaving um, you're not you're no longer a swim teacher. You become a swim coach when you can just talk about the race. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talk about voice in a way that is conveyed. And um, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's get to how Shenandoah found you or how you found Shenandoah. Oh, gosh. Well, that's easy. So my grandparents lived in Front Royal. What? Yeah. My grandparents lived in Front Royal and um, they, my grandfather told me about Shenandoah that was, you know, very close to his house. And I'd been, I don't think I'd ever been actually to Winchester, but I'd been to Front Royal a bunch of times to visit my grandparents and 
they told me, you know, there's this school and it's, you know, really close to us. And they, um, I, I think maybe he was familiar with the summer theater. Maybe he had gone to see something at the summer theater that he was a, aware of um, them, you know, putting on good musicals and such. Um, so he introduced me to it and I <laughs> sort of begrudgingly agreed to come and uh, check it out. You know, come to, I, I came to a, I don't, even remember what they called it. it was some kind of day where you were sort of invited to come to campus and have a tour and like see a show and meet people and stuff it's like does an that, open does house that sound weekend, familiar right yeah, like, yeah. Like maybe like an open house it was during the fall musical i remember i saw into the woods it was the like the fall musical um and we had like a workshop with hal herman and stuff, like the upperclassmen um but yeah, so that I, I had a really great experience. I had a really good feeling about it when I came to that open house. So then I sort of changed my tune. I think I was wanting, thinking that maybe I would go farther away from home for college or like farther away from my family right. <laughs> for, for college. So I, that's the only reason why I think in the, at the beginning, I was like, oh, you want me to go to this college? It's like 15 minutes from your house. <laughs> you know, Um but no, it, it worked out great. What were some of your favorites at Shenandoah? Not who, but what? My like favorite experiences or yeah. teachers or what? Whatever. What was your, what do you look back upon and smile? Some roles or some, um, of course, maybe some teachers. <sighs> There's so many things really. I mean, I, I really just look back so fondly on the camaraderie you know like the friends yeah that i made it meant many of whom i'm still very very close friends with to this day like like weekly um sometimes daily text messaging with some of these folks you know from our class yeah um that's very special to to me is that those relationships and some of the things just I don't know informal things that we did as as classmates in college um I have a lot I have a lot of memories I have a lot of memories of most of the shows that we did um I'm trying to think if I had to pick a favorite life is just a, a bowl of it's cherry. hard to pick a favorite life is just a bowl of cherries isn't that from good news it oh it is from good news yeah. yes i sang that song in good news yeah i know life that was my first just a bowl of cherries yeah that was yeah. the first thing i remember seeing you in that was my freshman year is that you ryan yeah right yeah yeah and i was um, i was pooch in that show and i to this day cannot tell you why you have a little bit of a pooch. I think it's because now I have a pooch. <laughs> Don't we all? I'm like, oh my gosh, I was the I was the coach. Um, I I really enjoyed doing. She loves me. That was a favorite for sure. She loves me. That was like you were in that, Matt, weren't you? Yeah, Ryan Williams was the bus boy. Or you were the bus boy, and he was the waiter, something oh, that's like that. Right. Is, is that right? Yes, he had this song, and I was the guy that dropped something. 
Probably. I don't know. I, I've got picture. I've in a photo album somewhere. I've got a picture of you guys, like the two of you in your restaurant uniforms. And he's saying, but uh, your fingers do that again. That's the end of your career. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that yeah, that was a that was a fun one. Um, um what was your summer stock I, experience there? So I did I think I did three summer stocks um when I was in school and then I came back once. I think it was 2002. I came back and did uh, Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. It was the first show of the season. Um, and that, that was a real trip. I, I really enjoyed doing that. It was so interesting to come back after a lot of time away to sort of come back and be that like old, you know, like that old guest artist right. person that... <laughs> just remember being a being a kid doing it you know like in school and those those people like those equity people right. would come in like the older equity actors and they just at that time seemed to be on this whole other sort of plane of existence from where we were and to come back and be like on the other side of that was <laughs> really interesting experience i enjoyed it i mean I, I had the time of my life but it was it was definitely a trip you know yeah. Do you remember when Lindy Herman would give us an assignment and sometimes it was kind of out there and we didn't quite know exactly what she meant. So we'd have to go ask upperclassmen what the assignment was. I don't remember asking upperclassmen, but I do remember some sort of out, out there assignments. That's for sure. Yeah. We'd have to figure out. Like, <laughs> I think she wants us to come in and tell. Yeah. I also remember a sheet that went along with our scoring that had all the like um, intentions. intentions, like to this and to that. And, and there was like a sheet that people would pass out. Oh, the actions, the verbal action sheet. Yes. Uh, Matt, I was just like two days ago, I was working with a student, a private student, because I told you I'm teaching now and I, I teach a voice lessons, but I also have a, a handful of clients that I do acting coaching with. And I was working with one of these acting students um, and we were talking about, this is a young girl, she's in high school um, and we were talking about breaking down her monologue and assigning she already knew about assigning, you know, actions to the, each line and each beat and stuff like that. Um, but we were getting a little stumped on a couple of uh, things where we sort of knew what we wanted to say, but we couldn't quite find just the precise right word for it, action word, you know. And I told her, I said, you know, when I was in college, there was this list. It was on paper. It was this paper list. It was about five or six sheets of paper stapled together. And it was just this alphabetized list of, of action words <laughs> that we would use to, um, you know, when we get, we'd get stumped on trying to find a, a good action, we could go to this list. And I said, you know, it's probably online somewhere. Now I haven't looked, but I, I had actually written that down as like a task for later on. Like, look on, look online for like verbal action lists. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so Can this, you believe that? this is the moment. I just have to ask anyone that's listening that will listen to this podcast. 
if you have the list, we want the list. We want to share the list with everybody. And yes. I will personally buy you a Conor and Smith t-shirt <laughs> for the list. Yeah, man, that was handed down from class the to ice? class. I mean, I, I used it constantly. That's hysterical. Yeah. Now I find now what I use more than anything is um, just the thesaurus app on my phone. Yeah. Like I'm think if I'm thinking of a word, but it's it's close, but it's just not quite right. I'll type it in the thesaurus and see, you know, sort of what it populates as other options, and I'll usually find something that way. That you graduated well. in '97. '96. You graduated in '96. See, I get confused with my life. And I think I'm, I've been confused most of my life because I started uh, in the winter semester. So I was kind of in between one class and another. You were, I always remember that about you because it always seemed like you were part of our class, but you didn't graduate with us. I think you graduated like right after. Yeah, I stayed, I stayed later. I went to school there four and a half years <laughs> because I didn't want to walk in December. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, was that weird? a good choice? I don't know if you've heard heard this story yet, but um, several years ago, uh, my father is an auctioneer, and in his auction house, someone came in and was going to sell some things at the auction. But before they did, they threw away some stuff from a box of stuff. And my dad, of course, initially says, well, you know, if somebody's throwing away mm -hmm. something, the first thing I'm going to do is go and look and see what they're throwing away. And he said, Matthew, I need you to sit down. And I thought, oh, my God. And he pulls out and gives me Mr. Herman's grade book from, oh, wow. from, scene, from scene study class. Um, it was just one semester that they clearly were throwing this away because they probably wanted to and needed to. But I have one of his grade books upstairs and it has all four years of the, the class. It's the freshmen, sophomore, juniors and seniors. And it's just so interesting that that kind of came back to my life. Is that from a time that like our generation was in school or was it like later? Oh, like no. past us or Matt's before name's us. in it. I think your name is in it. Kira's in oh, it. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, Steven, wow. Wait, oh, Stephen's getting, getting the book right now from my museum upstairs, which is not a museum. It is from August 93 to May 94. And Kira, Matthew, James, Kristen, Jennifer, Mary, June, Jeremy, Heather, Elizabeth, Stephen, Robleski. Wow. It's so crazy that I have this. There's Kelly. Um, Kelly was working on. Oh, please remember. tell me. I got to know what I was working that, on. What, she was working on white. Chris, white. I mean, I, I need your glasses. Sorry. It says what you're working on. Uh, it's, okay. so, it's so funny. I, white. Chico? Chico. It says, is the play called White Chico? The, the Inner Circle. The inner circle. Oh, the inner circle. Oh, God. That's the play. With Mike Neon. Maybe. The inner circle is the play that I did the professional touring show of when I was in high school. Oh, my gosh. And I must have whipped that bitch out for scene study class. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I'm dying. That is hilarious. But is that weird? And and uh, so I called Robin Strong and I said, Robin, is this illegal? I've got Mr. Herman's grade book. Like, I'm not supposed to look at this. No. Um. So yeah, it's very, very crazy that I have that. So he had really nice handwriting. He had beautiful handwriting. Um. Anyways, so, um, Kelly, you graduate from college and you decide to do what and why? Wait, I think didn't I see you in Sound of Music somewhere? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I've done it a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just remember. I think right after you graduated i just remember well that was my first job and it was immediately as in like the day after graduation was like the first day of rehearsal almost or maybe the second day after graduation was the first day of rehearsal i traveled i i walked in the uh graduation and the next day i traveled to new york and i in the next day after that was my first day of rehearsal at gateway playhouse for the sound of music Wow. Mm-hmm. And then what was your journey after that? Well, my journey after that was like really fast, consecutive, back-to-back, maybe like three sort of non-equity. Like I was non-equity, but I did like equity houses. Yeah. Like a couple times in a row, but as you know, on a non-equity contract. I did like three of those, like really, really fast, like all in a row, different places. And then I think it might've been like my fourth job. Um, I was offered my equity card. And so I turned equity. Um, I was only 22. Um, I didn't have, you know, a whole lot of resume at that point to only, you know, to be 22 and already have my equity card um, in New York. But I, so I got my equity card and uh, doing a Sweeney Todd at uh, St. Louis, Repertory Theater St. Louis. And I came back to New York after that run was over uh, with my equity card and going to the equity auditions. And I, I couldn't book shit. I, I was, I, it was, I was dead for like a year. You know, like I, I was booking, 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 booking. And then I got my equity card and then it was like a year of like crickets. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so I, I mean, it didn't last forever, obviously it was just, I'll always remember that sort of shocking feeling of, I don't know, I I guess from graduating college and thinking, oh, this is easy. Like I booking, 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 it's easy to get a a job. And then, you know, equity card and it was like nothing for a little bit. Um, Going back to but, Sweeney, are you a Sondheim um, fan? Oh, sure. I mean, I'm not a crazy, I, I'm not a like hardcore, super duper fan, but yes, I enjoy it very much. There are shows that I enjoy very much. I mean, for Sweeney, sure. Sweeney is like doing an opera and it's like, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's one of his masterpieces, but it's, it's, it could, it, it could. I think you could say that. Okay, yeah. I was going to yell at, but like it's like a freaking masterpiece. Not that everything he does isn't, but the beginning, middle, and end is just so clear and so brilliant. And you know, I even like watching the movie with Johnny Depp just because his his work is just so great to listen to. 
Yeah. It's, yeah Sometimes, it's, not Johnny Depp's, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, that, no, I, that's a favorite for sure. I got to do it at Shenandoah, actually. It was the first time I got to do Sweeney. was maybe like our sophomore year, I think. With Lee Shadle? Yes, I think so, yes. Lee and Joe were the, mm-hmm. him and her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's the first friend. time I, I I always tell the story to Ryan uh, that's the first time I ever saw the show because I knew nothing growing up and I still probably don't know much but I remember seeing this big like curtain and it was like I think it said Sweeney Dodd the demon barber of Fleet Street and I'm like oh my god what is this nightmare about to happen yeah. and then when that <laughs> whistle went off and I dropped I'm like, oh my God. It was so thrilling to hear and watch. And I, I had no idea what I was witnessing. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so then I came uh, in 1999, actually the very end, like December of 1999, I uh, came down to Florida with my then husband or soon to be husband. We, we uh, he was down here. So I came to, be with him and get married and sort of change my life in that way. And I didn't really have, I wasn't completely sold on the, like, I'm giving up theater thing, but I definitely realized that I was on a sort of a hiatus. Actually what, what happened was, you remember the, remember the first uh, revival of Cabaret? The, the really hot one at Studio 54 yeah. um, with the, uh, oh, who's the director? Um, uh, Mendez? No. Maybe. Yes. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, it, it was 1999. It was like uh, the Alan Cumming. Yeah was the MC and it, it, the all the um, Kit Kat boys and girls were like the orchestra, like played the instruments for the show and stuff. It was yeah. like the first show that had that, where the actors played the instruments. That It's the show that started that trend, I believe. Um, so I had numerous callbacks for that production. Oh my God. Hold numerous. on a second. Our dog. <laughs> That's okay. Our dog just bit into a toy that happens to play happy birthday. Hey, let that go. And what's funny is yesterday was Ryan's birthday. Oh, look at that. Happy birthday, Ryan. Hey, thanks. Okay, it's over. Back to the Kit Kat Club, girls. So I had <clears throat> I had like a bunch of uh, call callbacks for that production, like, you know, replacement and the national tour first national tour going out and stuff like that and um i was going in for like a final callback ish or what i thought was a final callback and i thought to myself at that time you know if i if i book this i'm gonna do this and i'm not gonna go to florida right if i if i don't book this that's gonna be my sign that I need to go to Florida and do something, you know, different with my life for a while. Um, and so I didn't book it and I kind of threw up my hands and that's fine. I'll go to Florida and see, you know, what happens with this relationship and my life down there. Um, so I came down here and, th- and I didn't even know, 
I, I didn't even know how much theater there was to do down here, like equity theater in Florida. Right. It's a lot. Now, there's not as much now as there was in the early 2000s, unfortunately. They, I mean, it's it has dwindled significantly in the 25 years almost that I've been here. But when I came, there was a lot. There was, you know, a lot of places you could go and get like a house audition and, um, you know, get work. So I moved, I got down here and I started booking like crazy, just working, working, working and good stuff, like, like great roles that I would, was like dreaming of playing. Like I was booking them here in Florida um, with my equity card being, you know, as young as I was. Um, so that was very, um, that was very exciting. I love my life doing that for, for quite some time. I just stayed super duper busy and traveled all around, you know, different companies and <clears throat> got to stay home a lot. Cause there, there's an equity theater. There was an equity theater, uh, where I lived in the town that I lived at the time. Um, and they kept me really steadily employed for quite a long time. And then I would, you know, leave and go somewhere else and then come, you know, always have a place to come back to and play a fun role, you know. Um, it was pretty I idyllic for a while in that aspect. Um, but yeah, and then eventually, you know, my daughter, my first daughter was born in um, 2008. So that was the first time I really kind of took a little bit of a break, but not too much of a break. I mean, I still, I mean, gosh, I still went back to work. I think she was five months old when I did my first show after she was born. I remember I was pumping like during intermission. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, there was this little costume room, like a little, um, not a shop, but just like a little costume sort of maintenance closet room type of thing. And I would go in there and lock the door and, and pump. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, um, and, I, and I took her on the road with me a couple of times too, when she was little, you know, like a toddler. Um, she traveled a couple of times with me out of town for shows um that was really that was really challenging that was that was a really interesting situation because it's not a lot of people don't do that you don't see that a lot of places where somebody you know actors come in and they have their very young child with them right. like from 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 out of town you know and they're being put up in like housing um with a little kid and having to having to deal with like childcare and things like that was very uh stressful i mean the places i took her were always very accommodating and very welcoming but it's still just extremely stressful to go out of town and know that you're gonna have to find childcare and you're going into a strange environment but it, it, i don't know like i said you know i had never seen it before um in my career up until that point so i didn't really have a a frame of reference as to how easy or difficult it was going to be um but we did that a couple times made it through it's stressful but we did it um and then when my second daughter 
was, or when I was pregnant with my second daughter, uh, coincided just at the time that my first was starting kindergarten. So she was starting like five, five days a week, regular school, you know? So that, that's the point where I realized like, I'm not going to be traveling for a while. I'm, I'm slowing down. I'm doing the family thing. <laughs> um, and that was fine. That's, that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I needed to do. And I still did, you know, occasionally uh, here and there, you know, I did some, some contracts uh, locally, but I slowed down a lot um, after my, my kids were born. And, and especially once I got school age, things really uh, changed for sure. Do you see, do you see a little bit of the arts in them? I do. So my oldest daughter, she's 14 and she is a competitive artistic swimmer. Wow. She, yeah, like she went to the Junior Olympics last year. Oh, wow. Her her team uh, went, took their team routine to the Junior Olympics. And they're hoping to go. Yeah, they're hoping to qualify again this year. And if they qualify this year, it's actually in Virginia. It's in Hampton, Virginia this year. So maybe making a trip up to Virginia this uh, June. But um, so she does, she's been doing that since she was like eight or nine. Um, So she's pretty deep into it at this point. And my youngest, she's nine now. And she uh, is playing piano. She plays piano. And she was just played uh, Tiny Tim in the local professional theater production of Christmas Carol this Christmas with me. I was in it too. So we were in it together, um, Christmas Carol. And she had a time of her life and was sort of obsessed with it and just can't wait to do it again. She's asking me like several times a week, she asked me if she's going to do Christmas Carol again next year she says now mommy i know i probably won't be tiny tim because i'm sure i'll be too big (laughs) next year to be tiny tim but i think i'll probably be like this part instead and she'll name like another one of the children's roles that she thinks she's going to graduate next year that's so cute cute. it really is it's really awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i think she's she's a little bitten with the stage bug i think and she's quite musical. Her piano playing is very, um, very musical. She's getting good at it. So that's, that's exciting for me to see. Did, did, did she study piano over Zoom at all during the pandemic? No, um, not over the pandemic. It, she didn't start until, um, when did she start? Maybe it's been about a year ago she started about a year ago and has really progressed quite quickly wow Um, yeah it's it's pretty neat to watch so and she takes dance too she takes uh like three she takes hip-hop and ballet and musical theater dance classes every week yeah so she's that she's our our little uh performer i think the young one so oh that's so exciting (laughs) yeah what do your days look like nowadays nowadays um well I'm teaching a lot um I think I told you that I try to book my adult and or uh college age 
students in the daytime hours, like before 1.30, uh, because after 1.30, I'm very, very busy with picking up kids from school and taking them to their swim practices and dance classes and the piano lessons and all that stuff that they do, um, which is wonderful, but it requires a lot of, you know, mommy's taxi service going on <laughs> all right. over town. Um, and then I have, I need to keep my, uh, some evening hours open for my high school age students. So I keep, I, I generally will have several students in the late afternoon, early evening, and I'll have usually one or two sometimes in the morning. Um, and then I sort of plan everything else I need to do around that, like around when I have my students coming. Um, and I teach online too. I do quite a bit. I'd say my, my clients are about half and half at this point online or um, coming in person. Um, yeah, I worked, I had worked with a student I had in Boston tonight, uh, or this afternoon on, oh, a, wow. on uh, FaceTime. I use FaceTime a lot. It works really well, actually. Um, yeah, I guess during the pandemic, we all started to kind of realize that the world is our oyster when it comes to just figuring all that stuff out. Yeah, I would not have, before the pandemic, I would not have fathomed either having a voice lesson for myself or teaching a voice lesson to a student online, like on yeah. FaceTime or Zoom. Like it would not have even crossed my mind that that was a thing that people did. Yeah. And now it's like, everybody's doing it. It's just no big deal. You just do it. Yeah, my students, I, teach, I teach piano online and my students, for the most part, I've stayed online because they would rather Zoom with me than to come to my house. Well, it's a lot more convenient. It, and it's cheap, you know, you're not spending money on gas driving around. Um, if you're dealing with um, younger people who don't drive yet, you know, middle school, high school age that don't drive yet, you know, the parents have to drive them and the parents are thrilled to not have to get in the car and take them anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> As a yeah. parent myself, you know, um, so you know, it, yeah, we've really, we've really, um, we really had to modulate how we do things over with the pandemic, you know, for sure. And you know, Kelly, this is Stephen. Just full disclosure. Hey. Yeah, we have two pugs, and they're acting a fool during this interview. They're okay. very excited. Yeah, they're panting, they're yawning, they're making running up and down the steps, grumble noises. This never usually happens. So if you hear any strange noises, it's, it's Ryan. It's Eddie and Byron. So sorry. <laughs> I haven't heard anything. I, I can't hear anything. So don't worry about it. Great. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Um. So, let's. Is there anything on the horizon that you want to talk about that's coming up? Outside of being a an amazing teacher and a fabulous mom. Well, well, yes, there are a couple of exciting things on the horizon, but I hesitate to talk too much in depth about them because they're not 100% set in stone yet. Got it. As far as, you know, it, it's like I'm, I'm kind of like, 
90% sure I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z coming up very soon, but I just can't, I, I can't really say yes. Okay. Well, but look, I will, I will say that what one of the things is, um, would be a production, uh, over the summer, like a, a musical that I'm expecting to, uh, play, uh, really fun role in over the summer um that would be here in florida and the other thing is uh hi highly likely that i may be you know, starting my master's degree in the fall oh, oh wow yeah um because we yeah. all now are addicted to or maybe not maybe i'm just speaking from my own addiction to different um, streaming things because there's so much amazing stuff out there to watch. Uh -huh. Have you guys been binging or have you watched anything spectacular lately on the streaming services? Yes. <clears throat> this is our family, the, our family, meaning the four of us, me and my husband and the two girls. Our most favorite, favorite thing that we have binged recently is High School Musical, the musical, the series. Oh, wow. It's so fun. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying this, but it, it is really so fun. It's been especially fun to like watch it with the kids. They're just the right age to get into it. But it, it's it's something. If you haven't checked it, I mean, I, I would suggest checking it out if you want something just lighthearted and really enjoyable. It's so, and it's such a, like, um, it's very much a musical theater inside. Like, it really appeals to, like, musical theater insiders. Yeah. You know, if you're one of those types of people, uh, you'll feel it's hysterical. Oh, God. The dog noises are killing me. Um, so sorry. I saw the movie of that, um, but I haven't seen a series so this is a series. Uh, so it really doesn't have hardly anything to do with those original movies that came out. This is a series. This is a brand new series that is based on a high school producing a a production of High School Musical. Oh wow! That's how it started. That's the first season. So the it, it follows this group of theater kids at a high school that are doing. Uh, a production of High School Musical for their their school show, That's... and it's done very it's it's done kind of like documentary style, like all the actors just like look in the camera and like talking the in you know straight into the camera. Um, the second season, it's the same school, it's the same group of kids, and they're putting on Beauty and the Beast. Oh my god! Yeah, and that, then that um, sounds amazing. It's so fun. It really is fun. Like it it really is. And then the the third season is um they go it's summer break and all of those kids go to a uh, camp together like a summer camp and at the summer camp they put on frozen oh my god musical. this is disney plus i'm guessing it's disney plus yes what was it's the, hysterical what was the show that we loved on there encore did you ever watch encore I did watch some of Encore. So it's kind of like Encore vibes, but that's a real, you know, that was like a real documentary. This is um, definitely um, 
you know, fiction. <laughs> but um, but it's great. The yeah, the the young performers, the young actors that are in it are, are just so great. Um, it's I would recommend it if if you like that sort of thing. Uh, you know, I, 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 musical theater, the insidery stuff. It's very funny. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Uh, we really. Oh my gosh! Of course. It. Um, no, I'm honored. Honored to be asked. Truly. Well, we we will keep our ears to the ground for uh, any announcements of what you're up to next, and best of luck with everything. And don't be a stranger. Oh, all right. Oh, I, I won't. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you guys. Thanks, Kelly. Sure thing. All right. Have I'll a take good care. night, Kelly. Thanks, you too. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for talking to us, Kelly. Yeah, thanks, Kelly. That was great. We loved catching up with you. Uh, I loved meeting you. Um, we are eternally grateful for all of our listeners, our Patreon subscribers. Thank you for making this possible. Uh, we do have a Patreon. It's Connor and Smith, Connor with an ER. You can find us there, support us there. It gets you extra little benefits, magnets, um, other fun things. Uh, but check it out. Perks. Perks. Behind the scenes videos, monthly newsletters all kinds of behind the scenes of our life of what we do and how we do it so if you want to learn more about us please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com that's connor with an er you can find us on social media on facebook instagram and tiktok and patreon under connor and smith again connor with an er please rate review subscribe to this podcast really helps us out a lot share it where you share things post it where you post things tell your friends about it um there is a Discord board. It is thankfully active again. Thanks to Ben Church and Stephen Jones and Beth Wentz for keeping that alive. And I really appreciate it. I love seeing activity there. Um, I have shared most everything I can share there. It's great to get other feedback and photos and greetings and everything. So please go to the Discord. The link is in the podcast notes. Thank you. Um, we are still continuing the SU season for at least another couple of months. We have bookings. We have other people we want to talk to. We're still trying to nail down. Matt is going into crazy town schedule mode with uh, projects. So he's not as available, but we're going to try to schedule around things. We're going to bring you content, and we appreciate you spending time with us. So until next time, thank you, and we'll talk to you the next round. Bye! Bye! Bye.